Happy International Friendship Day! Today, we are not only continuing our celebration of Harry Potter's birthday, but we wanted to do our first friendship! This is a great episode where we are going to dissect the friendship of Harry, Ron, and Hermione to celebrate Friendship Day, of course. Do we friendship it? Listen to find out. I'm Steph. And I'm Devin. And welcome to the We Ship It podcast, the podcast where Devin and I and our occasional guest rant about our favorite and not so favorite ships of all time. Today, we have a very special guest joining us for our first friendship episode, Sandy Jameson. Woo! Sandy joined us on a previous episode when we discussed the Crucible, and we just had so much fun that we invited her back. So, why did we invite Sandy? Well, Sandy first read Harry Potter as an adult, but was in the fandom for the final two midnight book releases, cosplay and all. Oh, I'd love to see she those has... pictures. <laughs> <laughs> she has two Harry Potter tattoos. Two of her cats are named after Harry Potter characters, Albus and Minerva. And she is also a very staunch Ravenclaw. And we are excited to have her back with us today. Thank you for joining, Sandy. Thanks for inviting me. Oh, I love it. I'm a Ravenclaw too. So reading that just made me really exciting. Although I'm a Hufflepuffy on some days. I can't help myself. I'm a little Hufflepuffy. But are you a through and through Ravenclaw? I think I'm through and through Ravenclaw. Yeah. Okay. I don't think there's I don't think I've ever gotten I, anything else on any other Ravenclaw. test. In Ravenclaw. Okay. <laughs> Devin, what's yeah. your house? I haven't I would say probably Hufflepuff. You need He's to take the Hufflepuff. test. Yeah, he is. I, I would assume a Hufflepuff. <laughs> he just exudes uh, Hufflepuff. Hufflepuff. <laughs> That's the greatest thing. Um, but okay, so let's dive right in. So first, happy birthday to Harry Potter and happy Friendship Day to all. I'm just so excited to be celebrating like this. We have prepared yes. for the past year to have these episodes. Um and I want to start the episode off with our typical spoiler alert for everyone, because if you're still planning on reading Harry Potter or watching the movies, we're going to go over some plot points. So be careful. Tread lightly. <laughs> OK, and with that, here is our summary. So we meet Harry as a young 11 year old boy living with his abusive aunt and uncle under their staircase. Later in the first book, we find out Harry is a wizard. We find this out. He's like, what, 11 turning 12 at that point. Um, and he is famous in the wizarding community, which he didn't know. Um, but what happened was that both of his parents were killed by Lord Voldemort, and he had lived his whole life thinking that they had died in a car crash. Um <clears throat> Somehow, miraculously, as a baby, he survived, and that's why he's famous. And he gets his acceptance letter to the Wizarding School of Hogwarts. Um, so then Hagrid comes and knocks down his door. That is one of my favorite scenes in the world. When Hagrid comes in <laughs> and he's like, who is this giant? And Harry's trying to figure out what it means to be a wizard. Um, and then from age 12 to 16, he attends Hogwarts School to learn more about being a wizard. Along the way, he becomes best friends with Ron Weezy. Want Weezy. Oh, that's awesome. My God. That. <laughs> that's a great name for him. Ron okay. Weezy. <laughs> Go ahead. 
<laughs> she can't do it now. <laughs> okay. <clears throat> Along the way, he becomes best friends with Ron Weasley and Hermione Granger. And the Weasley family sort of adopts Harry and Hermione into their family, sort of. I mean, they spend a lot of time at the borough. It's great. Ron and Harry are BFFs off the bat, but Hermione in the first book kind of rubs them the wrong way at first sight. Um, and after some awkward drama, mainly stirred up by Ron because he's like super mean to Hermione. In the first book, they save Hermione from a troll and become best friends for the rest of the series. Throughout Harry's up and down, ups and downs, trials and tribulations, learning about the wizarding world, fighting off monsters, and eventually hunting down Voldemort, Ron and Hermione are always by his side, even when the world is not. And those are actually some of the times we're going to talk about later. I find them the most compelling friends. When Harry, Agreed. when everyone else is looking at Harry and like, they're like, he's wrong or like he's evil. They always stand by his side. Well, Ron, most of the time. Um, <laughs> <laughs> in the end, Ron and Hermione end up together and Harry marries Ron's sister, Ginny. The three are always known as the three that stopped Voldemort. Harry, Harry and Ron become Oars and Hermione becomes Minister of Magic, which Ooh. I love that. But there's That's my summary. Awesome. <laughs> That's pretty awesome. I love their whole... The arc. arc. Yeah, mm -hmm. it's just awesome. Anyways, with that, let's hop right in. So in the very beginning, Malfoy, Draco, of course, tries to persuade <laughs> Harry that he's in with the wrong crew in which Harry responds, quote, I think I can tell the wrong sort for myself. Thanks. You got to do the accent, too. <laughs> I can't do a British <laughs> accent. I didn't even get to the question yet. Sorry. So what do they each bring to the table of their friendship? I, the question is about what do Harry, Ron, and Hermione each bring to the table, right? Not Correct. what do Harry and Draco bring to the table. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Clarify. <laughs> do you want go me to go first? It. Yes, yeah. absolutely. <laughs> um, well, I think Harry can automatically peg Draco as a bully mm -hmm. because he's been surrounded by bullies his whole life. Like, mm -hmm. Dudley was a bully. And... Uh, Uncle Vernon and, and Anter, like they were bullies. And so when somebody, he finally sort of gets this breakout and this opportunity to to step out on his own and be his own person. And somebody else is being like, trying to boss him around essentially yep. and say, yeah, we should be friends. Cause, cause you don't want to be friends with the wrong sort. And, and Harry's like immediately taken aback by that. Cause he's like, uh, I've just spent my entire life surrounded by people like this. And, uh, uh, no i mean and the fact that like um i see and this is where i'm like a terrible guest because i i have to say <laughs> that <laughs> i know the movies much better than the books and i've read all the books and, and the books are where i probably agree that most people are probably like that so no I, i've I've no seen the movies a lot more recently than i've seen the, right. that i've read the books um, on for a weekend they're on all the time. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, I think I think by the time Draco says that, ha has Harry already met Ron on I think the train it's on just meeting Ron? Yeah, I think they. Just yeah, it was met. on the train. So, so yeah. Harry had already met Ron, and and so he met this this person who was like genuine and welcoming, and he he saw sort of the love in the, this family and the immediate like. Uh, kindness of them and then immediately he gets somebody saying oh they're the wrong sort and and harry immediately right. recognizes them as a bully exactly. so i think 
I, I've I've gone to a Harry Potter academic conference and I've I've heard the trio described as as different parts of the same body. Mm-hmm. And I love that. Continue. And I don't think <laughs> I don't think I'm remembering it quite correctly. I think I think I'm twisting this for my own ideas. But Hermione is obviously the brains, right? She brings yeah. the she brings Makes the the organization, the planning, the um the rules you know she she sort of brings that structure to the group that that i don't think ron or hermione have Harry, i yeah. think ron brings the heart and, yep. and I, th- I think this is where i differ from from what they said at the at the conference um they said harry was the heart but but i really think when, when you're talking about love and loyalty and openness i, I really feel like yes that's, that's Ron. Exactly. Yes. You know, he's the one who brings the, the family and the just gen genuine friendship and loyalty to the to the trio, which I don't think Harry could because he's never had that. Mm-hmm. And I don't think Hermione could because she's she's too in her own head. She's too right. um, about the rules. Um, and so then what Harry brings, I think I think Harry brings them together yep. and sort of influences them both in ways that that they that that makes them them all work together i think harry he the body <laughs> he has a sort of spirit that, well yeah yeah he he brings a spirit of adventure yep um he, he has nothing to lose right harry has spent his entire life sort of he's never had anything and so now he is just sort of gung-ho like I don't think Harry has any inhibitions. I think Harry's the gut. Um, That's a great way and, to put it. And I, I think you need all three of those parts in order to be functioning, which is is why I think they they work so well together. Is that they're each bringing their own strength. Yeah, I love that. To, to the group. for sure. I love that we called Harry the gut. Like that is just such a great image for me right mm-hmm. now. Are you hearing me? Because I think, I think I'm that- delayed. No, I'm hearing you. Okay, good, good, good. So what I had was kind of similar, but just a little bit different in that I saw them as bringing together the three best qualities of a Gryffindor. So like Ron is kind of uh, strong and loyal and Harry is very courageous and Hermione is wise. And I just I saw that as coming together as creating like the perfect adventurer, which to me, like a Gryffindor's heart is like an adventurer. And to me, they, they come together and they create like, I love the way that you put it because their three skills do come together so well. But that's why later on, we'll talk about when they weren't such great friends. It's those flaws when those skills are used for the wrong use that we see this body, this like single Gryffindor, like kind of break down. Yeah. Um, and I they like just that. they make a really great team, you know, especially for all the types of things that they have to do. There's a task in front of Harry that he dies or he lives based on this task. And he, <laughs> he honestly. Yeah, he honestly, I think it would be an impossible task for him unless he had his two best friends. You know, Hermione helps him sit through and think and plan. And Ron is a loyal companion who would never betray him. And he helps by supporting and sort of being this bold, loyal leader. And well, most of the time. Uh, but <laughs> I <laughs> love Ron, don't get too. me wrong. But I think they just come together to create this perfect Gryffindor team. I love it. I agree. Devin, you got yeah, anything? No, and I pretty much will like reiterate 
again, Harry's the bravery and the courage. Ron is the laughter and the loyalty. Um, Ron is the most goofy and most loyal of the group. He yeah. welcomes Harry, not because he's famous, but because they are both oddballs and need someone in their corner kind of deal. Um, he accepts Hermione af- after a while, of course, even though she <laughs> is a mudblood and is not a pureblood. Um, while, others, while others disrespect Harry and Hermione, Ron sticks up for them both. I love when he does eat slugs. Yes. Like that just shows his like reactive. I know this is going to go poorly, but I'm still going to stick up for you. (laughs) Exactly. It's perfect. And like you guys said, like Hermione is the brains of the operation. (laughs) The brightest freaking witch of her age. And she challenges both of the boys to grow and mature throughout the series, um, which is huge. They both need that (laughs) guidance. (laughs) A hundred percent. And what I love is what what summarizes all of their characteristics together is that first um, in that first novel is the sorcerer's challenges Um, in order to get the sorcerer's stone or to get to to stop uh, to um, excuse me to prevent um, Quirrell from getting the stone which they think is Snape at the time um, they all have to go through different challenges and Ron's really good at chess and Harry's really good at Quidditch and Hermione's really good at solving puzzles with potions. So like they each show they wouldn't have been able to do it without the other, other, the other people around them. So that's what I really enjoyed about that aspect of that um, closing of the text. Yeah. I think at any point, any challenge they face, even if you think about like in the, in the seventh book when, when they're camping and you know, all of that, everything requires all three of them. Yep. Um, nothing could have could have been done without that. I mean, you see how Harry and Hermione are kind of a mess without Ron in the in the seventh book when he when he leaves, which needed to be proven, I think, because for the the longest time, Ron was so insecure about being like the third wheel. Yeah. The one in the group. (laughs) that didn't. (laughs) Yeah. The one in the group that just did not fit in and did not was not needed. And then it's clear when he leaves how much he is needed. And mm-hmm. that I love. Ron just, I want to give him a hug sometimes. I'm like, you need a hug. <laughs> All right. I think we spent a lot of time on that first one. So let's just jump yeah. right in. Sorry, the next Devin. One. Okay. No. Next one. Love let's it. be honest. These three really have no reason to be friends. <laughs> Their blood statuses are different, they have different interests, diverse thoughts, and beliefs. And yet, here they are. What does it say about their friendship and how does it go to show you that you truly can choose your family? I think like a lot of friendships when you meet, when you go to a new school or especially when you're very little, um, your friendships are not based on true interests right like (laughs) i think when you get to be an adult like you automatically make friends due to interest rather than circumstance but it's like i remember like when i first went to college um i was friends with the girls on my dorm floor and like they were we were automatically friends because we just happened to be thrown in close proximity to each other but like i had nothing in common with them and that sort of friendship didn't last (laughs) right um because it wasn't based on any foundation but i feel like when you're little um and you make friends circumstantially which I, i really feel like is the way harry ron and hermione did i mean harry needed anybody he had nobody hermione had nobody i mean she was coming in from this uh, muggle world she didn't know anybody yeah and ron 
he of course did know everybody, but he was struggling to find his place in his family and sort of being yeah. the odd oddball out there. And so I, I think they just sort of found in each other what they all needed at the time. And, and because then, even though they didn't have anything in common, they had all these experiences together. Yep. I think exactly. That's what's really solidified their friendship and, and choosing each other as opposed to, you know, because Ron could have gone. I mean, he probably knew, uh, you know, he knew so many wizarding families. He was raised in the wizarding world and, and he didn't really want to have anything to do with that. He wanted people of his own. And Hermione and Harry were the two people who didn't have anybody either. And I think right. that's sort of how they they grouped up. I just like that they defeat the odds. Like, yes, they're not meant to really work. And yet together they create this one wand wielding unit. And we already said like, they're almost like that body in a sense that is ready to take on the baddest wizard out there. Um, they support each other. They are honest with each other. They rely on each other and they love each other even when they mess up. Like, and they, they have messed up. It's not like they're the perfect people. Um, they make bad choices and they own up to it. Or sometimes they have to fight it out a little bit. Um, they are each other's family. And I love this theme that JK um, creates through, through this friendship. Um, and it's clear that they are so close simply due to the fact that they feel connected and truly care about one another rather than um, banding together behind a similar status. Yeah. Um, if they, I think if they did do that, if they were all, common ground they wouldn't they would be more easily to fall apart whereas yeah. here they needed each other in a sense there was that um, necessity that they needed to bond together um what are your yeah. thoughts Steph I really think like shared experience is like something that creates the strongest bonds because oh, like sure. you were saying before like when you're young like some of my best friends are the ones I've had since I was like three, four elementary school, because yeah, we, we differ in a lot of things. Like we have different ideas, but it's the bonding experiences that makes you able to accept those differences and able to like understand someone's skills versus their faults and like how to like be a good friend to them. And I think Harry, Ron and Hermione have had some scary and like really adult experiences from very early on, from the early days of their friendship. And that's why they know they can trust each other is because they literally, their first year had to save Hermione from a freaking troll. And then they're like down in this dungeon trying to kill Voldemort, who they didn't even really understand was Voldemort and like why that right. was serious. Like, it's just crazy stuff that they go through and they bond and it creates this dynamic among them where they not only are friends because of their interests, they're friends because they know that they have each other's back because they've lived experience or they have lived experience of having each other's back in like crazy moments. So that's what I love about like the way that this friendship was put together because it's not just Harry and the two other courageous people. It's like Harry and these like two other faulted, like people who have faults that they're young and they're like going on adventures and figuring out how to deal with relationships. And I don't know, it's just a really good, really good young adult series. I, ah, I could gush all day long. <laughs> Love it. So moving on from there, what is the moment? What is the defining moment that you think the glue finally sticks with these three? When is their friendship solidified? Huh. I, think, I think the 
obvious answer would be the troll. Yeah. I mean, yeah. that's when they <laughs> believe it happened. Right. Absolutely. But I, I would say probably more like the the end of of book one, the end of the Sorcerer's Stone, when they really After. go through the, that ta- the tasks yeah. uh, that you that um, one of you guys were talking about a little bit ago, where you know Harry has to figure out the puzzle or Hermione has to figure out the puzzles, and then you know they need her her book learning, and then Ron plays the chess, and Harry goes in to actually do the you know the sort of dueling or, or whatever i think the troll was child's play yeah <laughs> in comparison you know that's where we really start to see okay these are three parts that that can work together and put together they can they can do amazing things i don't think they realized that like the troll was really about gaining hermione's trust yep and realizing that they should do the right thing mm-hmm. um but I don't. I don't think the troll was really where they, in all of their glory, came together to be something great. I think yeah. it was more towards the end of the first book. I don't what do you guys think? Yeah, I think it takes till the end of the book because you see, you see in the troll moment. Like I put the troll moment, but you're you're kind of right in that that was a moment that Ron and Hermione establish how they're going to deal with each other, and they establish like. Like Ron established respect and Hermione established trust. It was just sort of like a moment where they were like, okay, truce. Um, And I think you're right that it was the tasks that really, and the figuring it out, like having to work with like Hagrid and make him spill secrets and like do all this stuff. It was going through that whole process and successfully ending the year that helped them to realize there was more to their friendship than just like, I'm going to gossip with you about stuff. There are steps to their final solidifying of yeah, the friendship exactly like, the troll is probably step one and then like there's little pieces throughout that finally uh culminate to that last um quest at the end the last challenge at the end um but let's be honest harry and ron wanted nothing to do with hermione up until the <laughs> troll like, scene girls are icky. oh my god and i didn't even realize how little hermione was in the book until i reread it in the movies um they add so much to her character and, and um, she takes um, people's lines just to have her be present in the movie. Yeah. But in reality, like there's a huge chunk where it's just Ron and Harry. Like that's it. Like the entire first half of the book is just Ron and Harry. And then we get like the introduction of her mind. I'm like, wow, I didn't realize that that was a thing. Um, and this is where I'm a bad guest because I could not have told you that. <laughs> I'd be like, oh, okay then. I don't I didn't realize that. Well, so Devin and I um, have undergone yeah. the process of rereading all the Harry Potter books this past year, and it's been a process. I will tell you, I have realized so many things that I did not remember from when I read them originally in like first, second, third grade. There's a lot to this. Yeah, because it all blends together, to be quite honest. It does. You guys are such babies. <laughs> I know. My dad you brought them home. in first grade. How yes. cute. My dad brought home the first book when I was six years old, and we read them together. And that was probably the last time I read the whole series through. Was like, And then you, you mentioned the midnight parties, the premiere parties. Did you ever go to Borders when they had those midnight like book signing? That was mm-hmm. so cool. I wish it still existed. Like, oh. yeah, I did that for the last the last two books. Um, I was living in Williamsport at the time. I was working at a public library, um, 
and it, it was really cool. The, by the time I got yes. into the series, I was 23, maybe? It was like 2000, 2002 was when I read the first one. So they had already mm-hmm. been out. Actually, the first five books were out uh, by wow. the time I got into them. I remember the third movie coming out. That was the first movie. And then okay. the sixth book and the seventh book release. Um, but I, So I read one through five like straight back to back because they were all already released. And then I had right. to wait for six and I had to wait for seven. Right. Um, but yeah, those, those midnight parties were, were awesome. And working at the library, we also <laughs> had like events and stuff. Uh, for sure. Yeah, it was super cool time That's to be alive. So it, and when you didn't know how the series was going to end, you know, when, and I know we're way off topic here and this will be cut, but, um, <laughs> maybe it won't <laughs> <laughs> when, you know, there was all this speculation of what's going to happen in Harry Potter 7 and, and who is R.A.B. and is Snape good or evil? Oh um, I have books. They're actually at school right now, but like literally of fan theories and speculation. Yes. And it's so amazing <laughs> to go back too. and read them now. Yeah, it's really interesting. It's, you know, and the the you know, the impact of MuggleNet and the Leaky Cauldron and the, the online fan communities uh, in their role in sort of transforming this series and how it was, uh, you know, how it was accepted and, and how it was read. It, I, I think it's, it's such a, an opportunity for cultural study in addition to literary study, cultural study oh, really, sure. um, and sociology studies. I mean, there's so much to dig into there. Hence the Harry Potter academic conference where they actually <laughs> do go into all of these things. And it's amazing. Oh my gosh. And I just, I love, I also have those books and I have a sticker that said Snape is evil or Snape is good. And you would like have to flip it on which side you thought it was. Devin, which side do you think I thought it was? Good. I don't know. Yes, I love Snape. Okay, let's move on because. That's where we differ. We'll talk about that when we get there. Yes, we will. We will. But. Okay. Known as the Golden Trio, these three have had their fair share of adventure. What has to be some of your favorite moments of their relationship? I love when Hermione punches Draco. Yes. <laughs> That's probably Such my favorite moment. my favorite moment for the three of them just because I mean it's a fabulous moment for Hermione, let's face it, but Harry and Ron's reaction to it is amazing. Um, and again, I'm, I'm talking about like the movie, like they're like, oh, my God, like, <laughs> she totally just flabbergasted them. And after all of these years, you know, their their friendship is solid at this point. And she still managed to do something that that surprises them. She stepped up <laughs> and she did something totally out of character and they're here for it. They're like, yeah, they love it. <laughs> that's my favorite moment. Devin. So I have a couple. Um, I love when they create the DA. Oh just my because gosh. it's always it's it wasn't even Harry's idea. Like it was Ron and Hermione's idea to create this beast. Um, and they are the ones that encourage him and push him to do something, to branch out, to do something different. Um, so I love that, the creation of it all. Um, I love their polyjuice potion adventures. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> when they mess up or when they succeed in some way. Um and their just commitment to defeating Voldemort, um, which we'll get to a little bit later, but their determination that no matter what, we have this goal and we're going to see it through to the end. 
Um, and that's like their binding force throughout that kind of pushes them forward. Um, but what are your thoughts, yep. Steph? I just enjoy so many moments. I think the <laughs> ones that really stand out to me are the ones where either Harry and Ron or Harry and Hermione bond separately, honestly. Yes. So the first one I'm thinking of is when Harry and Hermione bond over the time turner. I just think it's really a moment where Hermione shines and like Harry is just like, oh my God, what is this? And I just love that moment. And I love whenever we see um, Harry and Ron like... Okay, do you know the scene when Harry pretends to slip the liquid luck in Ron? Yes. <laughs> I love that him. scene. I just love that scene. And, I, I was um, thinking about the car ride too with Ron. Yes, yes. The like <laughs> flying car. Like these are the real moments. Um, all three, I think I really enjoy when they're figuring out plans together, whether that be like in the second book, when they're figuring out the basilisk or later in the seventh, when they're on the run. Mm -hmm. Um, and I just love their time at the borough. Like it is so wholesome. It's like home for all three of them home base. So whenever they're at the borough, whether that be at the wedding or any of the summers or before the Triwizard tournament, like it's just a moment for Harry to finally relax and like Ron and Hermione and him just to be friends. Yeah. So. I also love when Hermione supports Harry at his parents' grave. Yes. Like that's such a, a beautiful moment between the two of them that they get to share together. Um, I know like we talked about and we will continue to talk about a little bit of Ron's lack of being in the seventh one because yep. of his uh, running off. But um, that is an important moment for both of them as well, because they oh, both yeah. have to, I mean, she lo technically lost her parents when she obliviates them. Right. Oh, Obliviate, so is that the right term? Yeah. Um, so she's there to be with him in that moment where he's having to mourn his parents again. Um, anyways. Yeah. Moving on, their relationship wasn't always whole throughout, as there are times when each of them feels like the third wheel. And we already mentioned this a little bit prior, um, but they all felt like they were the third wheel in the relationship, relationship at some point. So how does this come into play? Where do we see it? Almost all about Ron's jealousy. It is. <laughs> it really all is. The time. <laughs> it's, it's just Ron being, and, and I don't think Ron realizes he's jealous. He's insecure. And and I don't know that, that we even as readers realize in the early books mm -hmm. that, that, that that's what it is. But he is insecure. It's like he's always been the oddball of his family. He, you know, he's not Fred and George. He's not living up to Charlie and Bill. Um, and so he's sort of this little uh, nobody and and he has found somebody found his people now that that he fits mm -hmm. in but he's, his insecurity <laughs> his insecurity is still there and, yeah. and that causes him to 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 fear losing yeah. them and, he ultimately and when, feels like he's the third wheel to harry and hermione when she's like not the case at all no, but but Harry and Hermione do have something between them. They do sure. intellectually and, and sort of in a totally platonic way. Thank you for saying totally platonic because sometimes <laughs> Devin's a little bit Harry and Hermione up there. No, I'm not. <laughs> Come on, I'm not. <laughs> no, I don't. I don't think. I, I think Harry and Hermione are like the perfect example of a platonic friendship. I love and, them, but they 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 love each other and they, they need each other and they complement each other so well. For sure. And, and even before Ron realizes that, that he has feelings for Hermione, 
um, which obviously as you get through the fourth and the fifth and, and yeah. whatever, he start that starts to come out a little bit more as they're growing up. It, it's all about Ron's jealousy. Yeah, it really is. <laughs> and you're, you're so right. You like, can't feel I bad for the guy. <laughs> you do. I think Ron has trouble. Um, he has trouble sometimes because he sees himself as the dumb one. And it's just like, you're not. And like he's had to prove himself his whole life with a family of nine. Wait, how many is it? Twelve? I don't know. But so, he has to. Seven? seven, I think. I think it's seven. It's seven. He's had to prove himself. And like in, in for any for any of him for. Let me say that over for him to shine at all in like a large family. Like he's had to push for it. And it just you see this insecurity in his friendship with Harry and Hermione. Um, I think also he has trouble with Harry in the fourth book when he doesn't want to tell him how he got into the Goblet of Fire. Like it's just another thing where Harry's right. like the star boy and he can't handle it. Um, and Hermione gets mad at Ron when he's dating Lavender. So Hermione's not completely exempt from this. Um, I think she handles it a little bit better, though, because Ron is being a jerk and kind of deserves to be ignored. Um, and then Harry is just sort of pissy at everyone in the sixth book. Like he is just the fifth and sixth. The fifth book, and sixth kind of do. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he struggles. Like he struggles with both of them. And like when Hermione's like, "Give back the book," he's like super mad. He's like, "If she asks me one more time, you know." But uh, the prince's book, and I don't know. Each one you see their little like insecurity moment or frustrated yep. moment. But Ron, you're right. It's a running theme with him, and that's why he needs such a big ending where he leaves the tent and like figures out his crap before he comes back because when he comes back he's much better he like kills the horcrux and that's the moment where it's like okay killed my insecurities and it's just there like, you go Ooh. and i think it's really important that hermione like gives him credit for that like yeah and again I'm, I'm only thinking in the movie so i this might not have even been in the mm -hmm. book but like when they get back to hogwarts and they have that moment they're standing in the in at the stairwell and they're talking about how they need to destroy um yep. the the tiara when they find it and basically well how are we going to do that we need something and then they're, they're talking about going down into the the chamber of secrets to get the basilisk uh the fang yeah the basilisk fang and uh and hermione's like well it was ron's idea actually like <laughs> like hermione oh. like it's almost like she's realized that he needs that validation. Yes. 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 And she gives it to him. Yeah. I love them. Ron and Hermione are my favorite. But yeah, she does give a tip. Sorry, Devin, you go first, actually. No, you're good. Oh, yeah. So this is kind of like trickling off of the last question. But let's be honest. This friend group was also rubbish at times, too. So should I say rubbish? You like my, okay. Uh, <laughs> what were some of the moments where they were poor friends? And I think that we talked about why maybe in some moments they were poor friends because of Ron's insecurity, other things. But right. what were those moments for you guys? One in particular was the Yule Ball. There was so much oh. drama with the Yule Ball. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> so much drama. Um, I'm, I'm kind of glad that she included like a, a dance because there's a lot of drama in high school dances yep. always so, always like, yeah. is. <laughs> so i'm glad that she included that for sure um there was also that crookshanks and scabbers whole battle with i think that was in the third one yeah third book. um where they're just at each other's throats about you need to take your cat outside or you need to be more like appreciative of my cat or like <laughs> the tension <laughs> yeah, it was just ridiculous <laughs> Uh, I don't know. You guys have some others? I think when 
her and this is where my I'm a little fuzzy, so um, please correct me. No, but when when her when Hermione went on her house elf crusade in the yeah. in the spew. spew her spew crusade, I I mean Ron was merciless. He really it. was, <laughs> and and I think Harry was trying to tread a line. You know, he didn't want to like yeah. totally like bash on Hermione, but he was trying to sort of still giggle about it. <laughs> yes. Yes. And, and I have to admit, so here's my thing. I read them all through way back when, and then I've tried to reread the series several times since then. And I always get hung up in book four and five and I don't really? finish. So I've read books one through three repeatedly, but books four <laughs> and five, I just I have no, and four is kind of iffy. I can sometimes get through four, but five, I just can't. It's just it's a can't. long book. There is a lot there. And and Harry's so miserable, and, yeah, and you've got all of a, the- That's a rough one for him. All of the spew stuff, and there's just so many side things to it that I, I lose patience. Audiobook yeah. it. Audiobook I, it. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, I think that, I don't think they were very good friends, you know, to Hermione- during yep. that time. Yep. I mean, they always had her do their homework, so. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yes. What are your thoughts, Steph? Uh, so, obviously, when Ron leaves the group because he's, like, yep. pissed at Hermione, um, I don't really know when Hermione was a bad friend. Like, she's usually pretty even keel, and when she's angry, she's angry for a reason. So, yeah. I don't really remember if she was such a bad but harry was a bad friend throughout most of the sixth book when hermione was telling him to stop using the prince's book and i found that really really funny maybe with the uh, was it the thunderbolt when she has him like mm, yeah she didn't want him to use it yeah because they were like oh we don't know where it came from or who sent it so we're gonna take oh. it to um yes to, okay like... you're right when she's a stuffy know-it-all and she goes and tattles yeah. That's Hermione's bad quality. Yeah, I mean, um, she had she had good reasoning behind it, but it was also like, come on, Hermione, come right. on. <laughs> well, but more often, Ron's the bully of the group. Yeah, like more often, he's laughing at Hermione sure. or just not trusting Harry, and it's because of his insecurity. But it's still because he's bad friend in those the triwizard jealousy. Oh my god, I know. And then the whole thing where he's mad at Victor Crumb. I love that you brought up the old ball because that's my favorite. Like. <laughs> I know it's drama and they're being bad friends, but I love watching Ron be jealous over Victor Crumb. As he should be. Dang yeah, it. As he should be, because Victor Crumb's a freaking nice guy. And he had the opportunity to, and he was a big doofy head. Yep. Next time there's a ball, pluck up and what is it? Pluck up the courage to ask me before somebody else does. Boom. <laughs> not I as a last not resort. Not as a last resort. There you go. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Throughout the series, various characters are discriminated against for various reasons. One in particular is Hermione for being Muggleborn. Mm -hmm. How does Harry and Ron's reaction help carry their friendship? And we kind of already hinted at their loyalty here. Um, but what else can we add here? The fact that Harry didn't even like consider in the beginning, he didn't even know what mudblood was, right. <laughs> is like the best thing to me because he just comes at it. He's like, what is that? And Ron- As if he, it's a real issue. Yeah, and Ron being the like bold character that he is, when he throws that, he tries at least, he goes like eat slugs and he ends up eating the slugs. That is such a moment for me because they're so young and like he could so easily have shied away from that kind of reaction, but he stands up for Hermione from like mm -hmm. very young from the very beginning. So 
I think that's that really sets the tone for like the whole book because the whole book is about like Muggleborns being discriminated against. Essentially, Lord Voldemort is like, we don't want them. Get them out. And Ron and Harry always remained like loyal to that perspective of mm-hmm. no, like we're all wizards and witches. Like, let's get over it. Um, but yeah, so I like that. I think I think partly it it's because Ron being a Weasley. I mean, I think his family was probably rather progressive in terms of blood status relations. I mean, Mr. Weasley was fascinated by muggles. And so I just feel like Ron did not grow up in a family where that sort of blood um, discrimination was was a thing. I mean, he knew it was a thing, but his family didn't subscribe to it. And Harry... Was it just grew oblivious up, to the fact? Grew up, he was totally oblivious to it, as Steph said. But also, like, his first encounter with somebody who made blood status a thing was that moment with Draco. Yeah. Where he immediately, you know, and we don't know anything about race relations in, in Harry's muggle world or, or anything like that. And, and what he was grown up with, I can't imagine the Dursleys were very progressive, but, <laughs> you know, again, Harry always being discriminated against. I, th- I think he probably always had uh, affinity for the underdog. And yeah. then his, his first reaction to, to blood status isn't a reasonable person sort of making an argument for it, it's Draco being a bully. Yeah. And yep. and Harry's immediately turned off by that. So I think I think Harry and Ron are both kind of set up to be like they just have good hearts. Yeah. Yeah. And they see her for what she is. Like she's not like there's so much more to her than just the science of it all. Like that she just happened to um acquire these powers. Like they don't care. They just see her for the brilliant the smartest. Yeah, the brilliant age. person that she is. Yep. I love it. I love this. Story. Yeah, they're awesome. But- Moving on. So throughout the series, each member of the trio has had their own turn at evolving for the better. So how has their friendship made them each better people? I I, think. Oh, go ahead. I I think the boys get Hermione to calm down. I think (laughs) (laughs) I think they they have an influence on her and teaching her that you know, not just influencing her to not be such a stuffy know-it-all, but in actually showing her value of other aspects of life that, you know, this this type A firstborn uh, personality that she has, they, sh- they show her through example. And, and through that, she learns to, ba- although not completely. I mean, if she ends up the Minister of Magic, I mean, she's still probably <laughs> I'm pretty, yeah. pretty up there. Um I think Ron shows Harry what what loyalty and love are, which he never had before. Correct. And, and I think he's the reason Harry is, you know, any sort of functional person yeah. as an adult after all of the, the childhood trauma that he had. I think which he was a needed. Lot. <laughs> Being hunted by the darkest yeah. wizard out there. Yeah. Right. And then and then growing up pretty much neglected. Correct. Yeah. I, I think Harry needed in order to to grow up and and to evolve into a functioning adult, he needed to see love and loyalty, which he got through, through Ron. 
And the Weasleys in general. Yeah. And I I feel like Ron, Ron evolved into, how would I describe how Ron evolved throughout the series? I I mean, he got more confident. Yeah. And I think Harry and Hermione eventually started to realize that Ron needed confidence and needed to battle those insecurities. And they provided opportunities they sort of stepped back at places and allowed him to to have what he needed to grow Mm -hmm. i think ron ron is the most complicated in evolution to me like at first the thing is i thought there was a middle part of this series that he actually kind of devolved rather than evolved and then at the end he like came out strong because Mm -hmm. and i don't know if that's just because he was really young and he seemed really confident i mean he kicked butt on the chessboard like he was making decisions. And then as he started to go through like puberty and stuff, it became a little more insecure for him. And I started to not really like Ron all that much from some of the decisions. And and I love Ron overall, but he, he felt like a devolving character to me until in the last, like during the last book, we started to see him really take flight more and embrace this confidence, which it might be just the way that people grow in general. But mm-hmm. Harry and Hermione have a more steady progression, I find. Ron is sort of like a complex, I don't know, he's just a complex character. He is. I think, slave, he's, I think he might be the most to complex. To the hormones. To the hormones. Yeah, that's that's true. 100% <laughs> true. <laughs> I mean, I think you said that. Like, it's, it's the puberty. Like, right? As he gets older and he's sort of struggling with girls a little bit more and and jealousies and whatnot like yep. that's all I, I i never thought of it that way but totally he's he's it's the hormones they they turn and, and the heart i mean you know he he's the feeler yeah of, of the group he's the he's the emotion and so he feels things so strongly yeah. and that does make him do and, and say and act in some terrible ways yeah and it's sad because like when he's young like he's not really thinking about girls he's not really thinking about the way people look at him and as he starts to embrace like not embrace but as he starts to experience these insecurities these are the times in his life where he doesn't want to be insecure like he wants to come across as like the the number one boy like harry and like and it just it just is a big mess, I think, for a long mm-hmm. time. But that's why his character needed to go through that whole crap storm in the seventh book where he's like, I'm leaving. And that's a very, very important situation to me um, when he comes back and like Hermione addresses what happened. Absolutely. And yeah. yeah, but either way, I won't go into that again. Devin, what did you know? You're fine. Um, so I just broke it down into Harry needs to realize he's not alone. Yep. That he has people that can support him. Hermione needs to understand that she's more than just a know-it-all, that that's not the core of her personality. Yes, that is that makes up a lot of who she is, but she that is not solely who you are as a person. And I think Ron needs to accept that he's he's wanted and valued. Mm-hmm. Um, they all need that need to have that like piece of um, healing in the process. And they each encounter that throughout this series. And I love to see that um, they all help each other become better people, which mm-hmm. is essential for a friendship. Yep. Um, cool. And then final book, The Deathly Hallows, Harry attempts to leave without Ron and Hermione on his quest to find the Horcruxes. However, they will not leave his side. Is this a hard choice to make? And what does their loyalty mean to their friendship? Harry trial, he tries this like every time <laughs> that he tries and he never gets it into his head until the very freaking end of the whole thing. Like 
like what I, I don't know what end of maybe the end of the sixth book where he's like, yeah, I'm about to go do this thing. And like, I'm doing it alone. And they're like, both of them uh, come. No, to, yeah, both of them come to me. is like, uh, you're not doing that. Yeah, <laughs> and, Like he's just dumb, honestly. I mean, I, I get where he's coming from because he's like, I'm going to break up with Jenny and I'm going to like mm-hmm. be on my own and not hurt anyone. Um, but the fact that Ron and Hermione push past his like own uh, trying to self-sabotage, honestly, um, they push past that barrier because they recognize how important it is for him to have a family because he didn't grow up with a family or he didn't grow up with anyone who would be by his side through thick and thin. Right. Yep. So in these moments, like these are the important moments for Ron and Hermione that they push past Harry's barrier that he places for himself as a safety mechanism, both that he doesn't get hurt and that they don't get hurt. And I feel like, their relationship becomes stronger because of it. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. What, what do, you do you think, think Sandy? I think, I think Harry's instinct to push them away is, is very frustrating. Yep. <laughs> I mean, because we as, as objective readers are sitting there thinking, like, Harry, you would have died in the first book if, if not for Ron and yep. Hermione. Like, for him to not recognize that they um that he needs them uh, and that he thinks he can do it alone but I, I obviously i don't think he does think he can do it alone i think he thinks he has to do it alone yep. i mean here we've got this this 17 year old kid who has the world on his shoulders yeah and yeah. he has the fate of wizard humanity in his hands and all of this pressure that he's feeling and the the two the only people in this life that he's ever had and him not wanting to put them in danger and yeah. not wanting to lose them i mean you can see where he's coming from you know on the other hand he he's not thinking rationally to be like they're in danger anyway just yeah. by virtue of of being known to me like they're even gonna if they fight don't come this war. with me yeah you know, and and even if he could talk them out of coming with them, they're they've got targets on their backs. You know, so we can do this together, or we can do this separate. I mean, Harry wasn't in a position to be thinking that way. So fortunately, right. uh, Hermione was, and, yeah. and you know, was then able to come. Like, of course, you know, we have to do this together. Yeah, but you also have to think about like what Ron and Hermione went through to pledge their allegiance to or their loyalty to Harry, like. Hermione obliviated her parents or, and like they, yeah. she's not a part of their lives. Um, she sends them to Australia, I think Something like that somewhere. She sends them somewhere. Um, and Ron has to like create this whole plan with like this. Uh, what is it? A troll? Is it a troll in his attic? Yeah, it's like this ghoul, little like ghoul. ghoul. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, it, and he like makes it up that he has like some kind of disease and that um, he can't go to Hogwarts because he has this um is it scrupulous or something like that? Some, some disease. That's yeah, like... he has some, but like they create this like whole backstory, knowing that they're hurting their family or putting their family in jeopardy to go on this um, last adventure. And, and it's not really an adventure, but this last um, challenge to um, yep. defeat the Horcruxes. So they give up everything for Harry. And I don't think he realizes it until like they're already in the midst of it. Yeah. I, I also think, I mean, they're not necessarily doing it for Harry. Right. And I think Harry, to some degree, gets a little bit of self-importance. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, I can't let you die for me. Well, I mean, it's not for you, Harry. I mean, it is because they love you. But really, like, this is bigger than you. Oh, for sure. 
Um, and, and I'm not sure. I think sometimes Harry gets into the, you know, well, I am the chosen one. This is all about me. And he does get a little cocky. And I think some, Ron or Hermione is able to, and even Ron are able to like, bring it back. Like, dude, like, get Come out of your head for a minute. <laughs> You're up here. You're supposed to be down here. Yeah, please. Okay. So this is my favorite question because I love learning this about people. But what is your favorite book and your favorite movie? Yeah, we already answered this question. Yes, and I'll answer episode. it again. I love the fourth book and the fourth movie. Like, I I know it's such a, like, cheesy, like, high school prom kind of thing. But I love the U-Ball. I love watching the Triwizard Tournament. It's just there's something about it that is so nostalgic to me. Um, and the book was pretty good, too. So, Devin, you want to announce yours, too? I kind of... Th- I think I said the fifth. Did you change your mind? No, I think I said the fifth. Yeah, I'm pretty yeah. sure it's the fifth. <laughs> the book or? Um, both, I think. Oh, wow. Um, well, actually, I think the book is the fifth. The movie might be the third. The third? I Yeah, the third. Yeah. yeah. Sandy? Uh, my favorite book, hands down, is the third. The third. the third, the book, yeah, <laughs> I loved it. I I always have. Um, I loved the um, the, the plot twist mm-hmm. and the reveal, and yep. I love the backstory of the Marauders. Oh, like, for sure, uh, yeah. I, I just felt like that book was so rich in in additional information, adding and, to and the story. Yes, adding to the world. I mm-hmm. and and I was just captivated by that, and I was so disappointed by the third movie because so much that was left out of it. Yep. You know, all of the stuff, like they're Messrs. Mooney, Wormtail, Padfoot, and Prongs, but they never explain who those are. I'm like, no, you got to talk <laughs> about who they are because that's important. Um, no, yeah, and I think it's the first time that they're not just in school going to class, like figuring stuff out. You see them go out a little bit too. And I love Sirius. I really love Sirius. So and I really okay. love Lupin. Me I too. I love Sirius and Lupin. But, Me I mean, too. That scene in the in the um in the shrieking shack where they all kind of come together and then snake comes in and yes. it's just um i just loved it and you know finding out that lupin is indeed a werewolf and mm-hmm. it's just fabulous um so the the third book hands down is my favorite not wild about the third movie uh my favorite movie is um deathly hallows part two the oh yeah the, the battle the of conclusion hogwarts. yeah so absolutely yeah, the battle of hogwarts was just <laughs> so good epic i love you know, the first half of the Deathly Hallows, Deathly Hallows Part One is can be a little bit, a little bit of a drag at times. Well, and then Dobby dies, and yeah. that's bad. Dobby, no. <laughs> um, but but I just the I I always had a hard time when I read books, and partly I think it's because I read so quickly. I can't envision fight scenes. So any big duels or wand battles or the big culminating scene in the Ministry of Magic at the end of, of the book one. five, like I just yeah. I can't visualize it. And I thought I, I just loved the visuals on the Battle of Hogwarts. I thought I thought it was so well done. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and I just that's that's definitely my favorite movie. Cool. Love that. Devin. All right. We get to ask the question. We right. do. Yeah. Do we ship it? This friendship. I do. Of course. I ship it. What is there what is there to not How ship? How do we about not this? ship it? <laughs> <laughs> well, there are some toxic friendships in literary uh and TV and movie. I'm trying to think of some that come to mind 
off the bat. I can't. But anything involving Scarlett O'Hara. Honestly, yes, (laughs) but I love Harry, Ron and Hermione. They just complement each other so well, like they're they grow up together. And that's Mm -hmm. a beautiful thing to me is when when you grow up and you experience things together and then they end up living it out at the end. They they become loyal best friends. And that's that's what I love about Harry, Ron and Hermione. And I love their little personal relationships too. Harry, Hermione have a little thing. Ron and Harry have a little thing. And obviously Ron and Hermione have a little thing. Just a little um, thing. Just, just a little. A little <laughs> uh, but yeah, I totally ship it. Cool. Do you have thoughts? No. I, I, ship? I, huge yeah. fan. <laughs> yeah. what, what else is there to say? Good. Yeah. Um, I just want to, if, if I could just say one more thing before we oh, end. Yeah. I've mentioned the Harry Potter academic conference a couple of times. And if I could just tell a little bit more about that Please for people do. who might be listening. And I am like, I'm not like a part of it. I'm just a fan and I go to it. But yeah. um, it's at Chestnut Hill College cool. in uh, uh, Germantown, Pennsylvania, just north outside of Philadelphia. And they, um, every year, uh, the town of Chestnut Hill does a, a Harry Potter uh, festival. And so they do this academic conference that's a part of it that the college puts on. And basically, scholars come from all over the country, um, wow. prof- mostly college professors who actually do academic research, teach courses in um, Harry Potter. And it's very small in terms of conferences go. It's very cheap <laughs> in terms of, of conferences. Um, but it's just such a cool little thing. And it's an opportunity. It goes for two days and you just literally sit there and listen to people um, talk like academically analysis of Harry Potter and the relationships that are uh, attached to it. So um, I, I would highly encourage anybody who is a fan to check it out. I think this year they're, they're having an online component. Um, so, so I I did mention it is, um, it's, it's like mid October. It's usually around the 16th. I don't know exactly what the dates are this year, but, um, um, and, and they're just so welcoming and awesome. Like I've now like Twitter friends with a bunch of the presenters and, and whatnot. And we've talked about actually, they have a high school, um, section where students, um, from like ninth through twelfth grade can submit essays and then present at the conference and win scholarships. Yeah, you had Aww. a few. Um, right? Yeah, I had a student actually. We t- we often take a, a group of kids down on a field trip, and I've actually had a student um, submit her paper to the high school section, and she got to read it. Um, yeah, that's really awesome. At the conference, and then I had another student who didn't do it when she was in high school, but in college she wrote an an article for her her college. Uh, literary journal or academic journal, whatever. And then she presented that paper last year. Cool. Um, so, and there's been talk actually, we, we've not done this, but I've talked with the, uh, the conference co-chairs about potentially creating some sort of summer institute, summer course, summer camp for students who want to dig in, but need a little bit of direction, need a little bit of leadership. We've talked about that. It hasn't actually happened yet. Like I said, I have no go. Oh my God. It's amazing. It's, it's really, (laughs) really awesome. Um, I have no vested interest in it. I'm not part of the team or anything, but I just love it. And anytime I know I mentioned it, anytime I talk about Harry Potter, I mean, it's all the ideas that these people just, it's amazing what Devin, we should go and like do a live from it. Honestly, <laughs> yeah, okay. it's I just looked at $13. We should go. Do I'm it. ready. I'm I'm down for this. Okay. And then we'll go right to Phantom of the Opera after that. But yeah, here you go. <laughs> <laughs> we have to do that too. But okay. 
So there you have it, our first friendship. Uh, we're really excited that it was Harry, Ron, and Hermione. They're like my favorite friendship ever. So thank you, Devin, and thank you, Sandy. It was fun. Yes, of course. And now let's hear from a commenter. Our comment today is from Hannah. Hannah says, I'm not sure what to say about these three because there's honestly a lot to say. There is always the hungry one, which is Ron. In any group of three, there is always a hungry one. <laughs> it's necessary and Ron has been chosen. <laughs> but in all seriousness, their relationship is good because they all respect each other for one, for one thing or another and listen to each other's input. And they all have their own piece to the puzzle, like Hermione being the smart one. Harry's the chosen one and is confident. And I think Ron just gives the group another perspective. He grew up different from Harry and Hermione, so he knows the wizarding system a little bit better. Overall, they are something to be marveled at. They're, well, golden. <laughs> oh, that was so great. Thank you, Hannah. That was awesome. Uh, yeah, Harry, Ron, and Hermione are my faves. They just have each other's backs through everything. And sure, they have their imperfect moments. And Ron does eat a lot. She's right to point out that he eats a lot. Um, but they grow you up want together. A chocolate frog? I know. When he's eating that, like, what is it? Like a, what is it? Chicken leg or whatever. And like, they're all looking at him oh, all yeah, grossed yeah. out. I'm like, yeah. Um, but either way, let's announce our next episode. Devin, who's it going to be? Well, we were literally just talking about these two. Ah! So. <laughs> we're going to be talking about Ron and Hermione next week. Um, Mr. Weasley and Miss Granger. Mm -hmm. um, join us next week. And if you're interested in ever joining for an episode or sending in a comment, please feel free to reach out to us on social media or email us at weshipitpodcast at gmail.com. Yep. And of course, if you're enjoying the podcast, please rate, subscribe, review, whatever your podcast forum allows. It would make our day. So thank you so much for joining us today, Sandy. It was a pleasure. It was so much fun. Um, and thanks to everyone who listened. Oh, <laughs> I was going to read my quote and I didn't understand what I wrote. But here we go. Why is it when something happens, it's always you three? <laughs> we love you, shippers. See you next time. Bye, everybody. <laughs>